Hi, my name is Kaylin. And this is Alani. Welcome to the Public Knowledge Project, Episode 1. And today we're going to be discussing why black people still choose to participate in Christianity. So, you know, this is Episode 1. Listeners are going to be trying to figure out who we are, what we do, things of that nature. Like I said, I'm Kaylin, and I'm from the Chicagoland area. You know, I'm a young dude just trying to figure out life. And I decided, hey, me and my friend are always talking about broad topics, subjects of all types of things. So why not start a podcast like everybody else? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Except we <laughs> we're not going to be talking about relationships <laughs> and dumb stuff like that. So we just having real conversations. So let the audience know who you are, Alani. Um, I'm Alani. I'm also from the Chicago area, born and raised. Um, I don't have a long spiel for y'all, <laughs> but I have a master's. Me and Kayla have conversations all the time, and we thought, why not have a podcast about things that matter? No, nah, for real. Because we be talking about, excuse my language, on the first episode, we be talking about a bunch of bullshit in our community. <laughs> who 50-50, who polyamorous, or poly- like, that shit don't matter. So, I think you got to let people do what they're going to do, but as long as you putting something out to the world that's actually useful and can be um, presented in a way that we all going to understand, then you could touch the world. So I think that's how we want to move with our podcast. And if you listening, we really appreciate you. Download it, share it, do what you got to do to help us grow because we want to help you grow too. But let's get into it. Alani, are you a Christian? I feel like this is a complicated question. (laughs) (laughs) Because so I was raised Christian. Um, My great aunt stayed in the church she used to do a lot of like outreach through the church when she died last year the year before last i found out that she was like going to prisons Mm. and helping people get gds but she was doing it through her church oh shit um so i used to go to church a lot with her when i was younger um and so i was baptized at her church went to sunday school also was in a gospel choir in high school i should have did that (laughs) i love gospel music um i went to catholic school even though i'm not catholic i was raised baptist um but i feel like now what while i believe that god exists i wouldn't say that i am a devoutly practicing christian got you got you what about you uh, I don't think I've ever really identified with being Christian per se, but like you said, like it's just common practice in like a lot of black communities to go to church, even if you don't want to, especially as kids. Like I definitely went to Sunday school with my grandma and my great grandma, like and they really went to like, you know, we we in Chicago, so everybody from the south. So our church was like it felt like you was down south, like you yeah. in regular ass pews, the organ going crazy, the preacher straight from Mississippi, like we having breakfast, we eating smothered chicken, all type of <laughs> shit. Like, no, it was super like, you know, black. But as a kid, I never really identified with that being like my religion or anything. So I'd never been baptized or nothing like, but I used to go. Um, but it's been a while since I've been. So I would never consider myself to like, be a Christian or be devout, but I like the music a lot when I used to go. Like, but they played like, like the old music. shit. They didn't play none of the new songs. 
I would say, like, when I was younger, there was always this disconnect for me mm. with people who are like, I'm devoutly Christian, yeah. I'm evangelical. And not like evangelical, the denomination, but like in the Bible, it says, like, if you do these things, you can be an evangelical. Mm. Like, I never felt that way. I always felt like I was like at church, but outside of it. Mm. Um, and I think part of that is because there are a lot of people in my family who are like, oh, I'm devoutly Christian, but they're hypocrites. And also, I feel like like the more you learn, I don't know, the more you see how like Christianity doesn't do that much. Mm. Like, I remember being in first grade and my grandma showed us the uh, Emmett Till documentary and the... Um, <clears throat> the four little girls documentary. Oh yeah, from the, the girls from Birmingham. Yeah, and they were bombed in the church, and I was just yeah. like, if God exists, how can this happen to children? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, and I, you know, as I've gotten older too, like my ideologies have also developed about like what I think and how I feel about Christianity and just religion in general. Like, again, you know, kind of the the crux of what we talking about today is like if we are so Christian and firm in that belief, like how could a God allow somebody to manipulate their word in order to punish people or in order to enslave people and then use that to also kind of like, depending on your side of the coin, brainwash those same people and they pass that down to their generations. So I would say that as somebody who studied philosophy in college, this is something that we talked about a lot, is mm. that there's this one major problem um, with God, especially if you have a God that is supposed to be omnipotent, omniscient, mm. and omnipresent? Yeah. And for or those, no, benevolent, benevolent. Yeah. For those that don't know what those word, words mean, that just means God is everywhere at all times. And, and it's all it's good. all good. And the opposite of that would be malevolent. So, right. which would be like evil. And that's how we kind of have good and bad. God, the devil, like it has to be one side has to balance out the other. Basically. Right. So the, the big thing in philosophy is that if God is those three things, or at least if the Christian God is supposed to be those three things, mm -hmm. why does evil exist? Exactly. And that's something that people haven't been able to fully reconcile. Like they say, oh, well, God gave us free will after Adam and Eve. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't know. Why would he allow that to happen? If if you could say me doing bad, me doing evil is a sin, why would you allow it to happen? Why would you allow people, again, to like manipulate the word of God in order to inflict a will? That's not Christian. You know what I'm saying? Especially if we, in religion, you have, what what are they, what are the words? Like the the monotheistic versus the multi polytheistic, polytheistic yeah. like we're one God versus multiple God. So if we really are looking at this one God as the guy or the woman, whatever we going to say, why is that God so malleable or right. flexible and what can and can't happen? And then philosophy, they always say like, if one of those three things, benevolence, um, omnipotence or, uh, the the damn omnipresent or <laughs> what was the other word? <laughs> <laughs> we struggling. No, nah, yeah. omnipotent, omniscient, benevolent. If right. one of those did not exist, the problem of evil does n no longer matters. Mm. 
So if God's only two of those three things, we don't have a problem anymore. Right. But if we continue to say that he's all three, we have that problem. Yeah. And I don't think that we can ever reconcile that until you die and you figure out what happens after. Not true. Um, so anyway, we're going to start with how black people even became Christian. Mm. Um, and so some of the things that I've read is that basically during the transatlantic slave trade, missionaries would be on the ships with the people who were stealing black people. (laughs) And they would basically, um, give these slaves that they acquired Mm. Christian names and they would start to teach them about the God, God, Mm. and basically teach them that they had to be subservient to their new masters. Um, and so not only is your name erased, your entire culture and heritage, Mm -hmm. um, and prior religious beliefs are basically forced away. Yeah. Now, yeah, that's definitely an important piece of it to mention, but I also was reading too, and you know, a lot of people mention, uh, I'm trying to figure out like how they, how they frame it, but like. Ethiopia is also considered one of the places where Christianity is thought to have started too, correct? Like, Mm -hmm. they have all of the paintings of somebody that kind of resembles Jesus. He has the, like, the the halo behind him, the the crucifix is present, all these things, so... And that's one of the few countries that was not colonized Mm -hmm. and um, did not have slaves stolen from them exactly so it's kind of like them is it a is it a connection in that or is it just coincidence and they just were like ain't nothing past what we seeing and it really don't matter to go that far right now or it's history being erased exactly so those are like the the reasons why we even wanted to touch on this is because it's so many different ways in which you could look at this picture and everybody's going to interpret it a certain way. But I think just going back to like the transatlantic slave trade, when you even just look at like whether it be black people who were enslaved that got taken to the Americas or the Caribbean or wherever, like they all kind of have similar experiences. And the way I've basically seen it to happen is like you're never going to let go who you are, right? So a lot of those people would, yeah, they might have been indoctrinated to believe in these Christian ideals and whatnot, but they would still be practicing their, like, native religions, their indigenous beliefs, but they would blend it, almost like how people are Creole, right? Like, you were taught English, but we speak what's considered a broken English, but we blend in all type of stuff and making these pidgin languages to make it our own, right? And that religion was kind of forced to be the same way from what I've learned, Um, whether that be things like Santeria or like Condomble or all these different religions that are practiced by people in South America or even the Caribbean. So I don't know, it's kind of like an interesting topic because you can't really pinpoint one thing that shows like, when it happened or why it happened or who did what with what but kind of like you in our research we definitely can see like these people were blending those two things right 
So how did it become where now pretty much like us as American black people, we don't necessarily identify with the African side of how we even practice Christianity today, but it's so present. Like you don't, you don't know that that's what you even doing. Right. It's just ingrained in you at this point. So now you look at it as that's just African-American culture when in reality it stems from West Africa. And so basically after um, they were brought over from the transatlantic slave trade route, they, like, as we all know, slaves were not allowed to learn how to read or write. And so initially when they would go to church, they would go to white churches, they would be forced to sit in the back or Mm. up in the balcony and they would learn the word of God that was preached to them from white people. And a lot of the things that I've read talked about how, like, they kind of placed um, importance on slaves being obedient Mm -hmm. um, and listening to their masters. And basically, um, like, I feel like we hear a lot about, like, black people and slaves being told that they were less than because of their skin color and how that was preached out of the Bible. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's like you have all those things combined that are being taught to these people. And then and then it's like it's that you're being separated from your family. Yeah. Uh, you're also kind of being beat if you get caught. I shouldn't have laughed at that, but I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're when you're stolen. Then you're being separated from your family. Yeah. You're getting your your culture and your name taken away from you. And then you're being beat if you get caught practicing your culture. Literally. But then you're also being indoctrinated into this new religion. Yeah. In the negative way. So how do you even overcome that? Yeah. And I think, like, just from what I've been learning in my journey, like, black people are super resilient. Like, I think I seen something on Twitter the other day that was like, Um, the reason why we eat the way we eat on like New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is because at one point that was allegedly like a day in which people would be sold off and separated from their families. So like, how do you even, how do you even like prepare meals and like have to reconcile in your head? Like tomorrow, like I might be the one that's separated from my people. Like that's crazy. But like the whole, our whole in general, like, the diaspora of black people is just about survival. Like, even when it comes back to religion, like, we took this new religion, which is Christianity, and applied old customs, old figures, all these things, and made connections so that it could become our own. So, like, I think that's how it eventually morphs into what we know as Christianity, which is heavy praise heavy on gospel music like wave in the water yeah like that type of shit and i think that we definitely underestimate how much people had to just kind of like come into a new world and then navigate that new world and environment by making connections to the old world even down to our food it's the same way like we call sweet potatoes yams for that very reason right they're not yams though you feel what i'm saying like if you look up a yam 
it looks like a coconut potato, but a sweet potato is smooth, it's orange, like we just making all these connections to things that were of old because we have a new world. And I think the religion is the same exact thing. This is this is an aside, but like I didn't know how like prevalent black culture was until I was on um, Twitter consistently and people would say things and I'd be like, they would get like thousands of like, they would um, go viral for like some random little yeah. thing, like the plastic cups from Family Dollar. But then, like, I was like, man, I didn't know that, like, we out here living the same lives. Literally. That's culture. <laughs> that's literally culture. So when people be like, black people don't got no culture, black people don't got this, like, that's just not true. Right. It's literally not true. Like, and then when you get, like you said, when you get on Twitter, you get on Instagram, you get on all these places, and you see people that have never even met black people mimicking, mocking, doing whatever to look like black people. It's like how we don't got a culture and you're building culture within your own oh, around wow. somebody else's stuff. Like that, I don't know. But again, I think it goes back to that transatlantic slave trade. Like the whole the whole goal of that was dehumanization. Like, so when people always talk about like, well, these people were slaves and that people were slaves. But like, when you really get into it, nobody really experienced what black enslaved people experience it's a difference like it's chattel slavery and a lot of y'all are talking about indentured servitude that's not the same thing (laughs) it's just not like one is saying you want a contract basically and another one is saying you are a slave in perpetuity like that's not the same thing your kids are going to be slaves their kids are going to be slaves like and the only way you cannot be a slave is if you buy your freedom which we're going to make hard Cause you can't where are you gonna get the money from right or if somebody else buys your freedom somebody else buys your or freedom. your slave owner gives you freedom exactly so now your life is literally in somebody else's hands so i feel like the only thing closest to chattel slavery would probably be um the moses story in the bible for the hebrew mm. slaves because they were also born into slavery after a while mm. And they were beaten, brutalized, and they what, had to what, work. What was the name of those tribes? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, say their names. <laughs> These are the Hebrews in the Bible. Mm. Hey, y'all out there, I ain't gonna say y'all names. <laughs> hey, you, you hell though, right? Yeah. Hey, I'm not, I'm not a Hebrew Israelite, though. I, I don't really identify with no religion, but... <laughs> Hey, get it how you live. But yes, yeah, so I feel like that's the closest thing to chattel slavery as we know it today would be mm. that version of slavery in the Bible. Because mm. they were beaten and brutalized. They were forced to work sun up to sundown. Yeah. They weren't paid. They couldn't get out of slavery easily. Right. And then basically after... Um, I don't know if y'all know the story correctly or not. I don't really want to go over the whole story, but Moses <laughs> frees them. They go and get the Ten Commandments. Uh, they basically start to worship relics, mm. like the the uh, Israelites, as mm. they're waiting for Moses to come off the rock with the two Ten Commandment tablets. Mm. And then they're forced to walk through the desert for 
I think it was like 100 years, 90 years. It's some ridiculous number, but they're forced. That's crazy. They're forced to walk through the desert because they had uh, basically sinned Mm. and committed one of the biggest sins. Like the like uh, on that Kendrick Lamar song, his cousin said they got away from the word of God. Yeah. Um, and this is after they watched this man part the Red Sea for them. Damn. So, yeah. But, okay. Back to the story at hand. Um, I feel like this might be a little bit miscompopulated because we aren't given, like, dates. But, so, basically, after they start to go to church with the white folks, mm. they give them a little bit more freedom. So, then you see, like, them having their own worship houses and stuff right, like that. Right, but they, they aren't churches yet because they don't, mm. they aren't like, they aren't recognized as the black church yet. It's just mm. like, sometimes it will be free people, sometimes it will be like church pastors, like white pastors that would come and they would teach a few people the books of the Bible, the word of God, what they wanted right. them to preach. And then... They would have their own mini church services on Sundays gotcha. while the masters were out doing whatever, frolicking, right. going to town, doing going to church, doing. doing what, yeah. Um, but then I feel like that becomes I don't want to say a saving grace because I feel like there there's so much to it. Like there were people who started to be able to learn how to read, like. Black people specifically who started to be able to learn how to read. There are mm. people who started to, and I don't, I don't even want to say started to because I feel like this is something that isn't taught correctly. Is that like black people were always resistant to slavery? Literally, there's so I much. I hate that shit. <laughs> there's so much history around um, black revolts, insurrections, all type of stuff, and people would get on the internet and just disrespect people who really like put their lives on the line for freedom like, like that's crazy a while ago i used to be like the people who are like oh i'm not my ancestor and then like i'm gonna fight a white person now i'll be like that's funny but then like it's it's not though it's really it's, disrespectful right because you're like oh like y'all just got beat but it's like that's not true. <laughs> right. It's not true. Like, it's just simply not true. And it's so, like, we're, we're out here disrespecting our ancestors because we don't fully know our history. Exactly. So, my question I was just thinking about was, like, when you see um, a lot of discourse I've been seeing is that a lot of people are kind of ashamed of their past or less, like, how people interpret it to be is that people are ashamed of their ancestors' history. So they basically are coming up with all these different ways in which they want to basically interpret the history. Like, do you think that that's where a lot of these um, groups kind of stem from? People who are not necessarily wanting to connect with the truth of their history, which is, I mean, documented, like, some of us were enslaved. Some of us were free. Like, and as a result, a lot of our culture comes from that slavery environment. I think there's a mix. I feel like if we're talking about people now in like 2000 to 2023, yeah, I do think that it is a lot. Like, people are ashamed of that legacy. However, I think that if you think about people like Malcolm X, and other like large figures who were like, we're not Christians anymore. We're going to be X, mm. Y, Z. Right. 
I think a lot of that was like, why are we still Christian? Mm-hmm. And can we even like reconcile what white people did to us in the name of Christianity right. and still be Christian now? Literally. And also fight for our rights at the yeah. same time. It's like somebody's like, the, I think the, the, the analogy that people always bring up, I can't remember who said it, it might have been like Muhammad Ali, like, or it might have been Malcolm X, but it's the whole, like, you stabbed me in the back already, like, I'm only pulling the knife out a little bit. So it's like, with that, it kind of comes off as if, like, oh, you got stabbed in the back with this knife already, you're going to take it out and clean it and make your food with it. Like, that's that, that don't add up, you know? So it's kind of like, I see why people would, especially back then in the 1940s and six, through the 60s, would want to convert away from Christianity and move into something like Islam where you are, you know, seemingly getting back to like the natural order of things or you practicing something that actually celebrates your existence and recognizes your existence is not something of just being property. I think also a lot of people are not aware of the differences and similarities between Abrahamic religions. Like mm. They all have the same root. Literally. Um, so like Judaism, Christianity, Islam. The Old Testament is essentially the same for all three of them. And there might be some like small variances. Right. But the biggest differences like that causes them to branch off is like who they believe is their prophet or messiah. Right. For Judaism, when Christ came, they said that was not his Messiah. Mm. And so Christianity breaks off from Judaism because we recognize Christ. As the Messiah. Correct. Um, and so I I don't know enough about the nation of Islam and like what Malcolm X was preaching to be like, oh. This what he felt about Jesus or right. any of these people. <laughs> yeah, not me either. And I'd never pretend to. Um, but I feel like that that is something that people need to be more aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, because also it's like, technically, the Christians were using the Old Testament from all of these religions to justify slavery. Yeah. So. Nah, yeah. That's definitely facts. Like, I don't know. But I, I, I don't know. I think part of me definitely identifies with those groups that decided to like move away from Christianity just because again, like, like we already been kind of mentioning, like I just, I can't see or justify in my head celebrating, participating in something that at one point was the same thing used to just or justified to enslave people or to beat people or go on all these religious conquests and hurt other people, not just black people. Right. So it's like, I, I don't know if that's something that I could even identify with. And the same could be said about other religious groups like Catholics. They have they all their stuff going on and we ain't going to say what, but I've like heard people... Yeah, I've heard people denounce their religion because right. of the things that are going on with the leaders of that religion right. and what they condone and what they're willing to put money behind or pay off. So denomination. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say like also for black people, at least I, th- I think that 
there wasn't as much of a disconnect because basically after the Revolutionary War, we have these tenets of like freedom, equality, and liberty. Freedom, equality, and liberty. Um, and we talk about people having free will and basically being able to determine what happens to them mm-hmm. um, after we separate from Britain. And so you have more, one, black people who fought in the Revolutionary War were promised their freedom, mm-hmm. depending on which side they fought for. Yeah. And for America, a lot of them were not given their freedom afterwards. Yeah, same for the Civil War. Um, but also, after that, you get a lot of people who are able to read and write, and they're connecting these tenets of freedom, liberty, and quality for all men Mm-hmm. With what's being taught in the Bible. Right. Not necessarily the subservient part, but all of the other things that are in the Bible. Um, they're related with stories uh, of people. Um, they're relating to the Moses story. They're relating to all of these other stories where um, there are groups of people who are uh, oppressed and then later saved. And so they are seeing themselves in the Bible as well. Um, and so, like, you, you connect those two things, and then you have even more resistance right. towards being seen as less than a person. Mm. Nah, yeah. That's and definitely so, important to talk about. Right. And so it's like, that's the thing where it's like, okay, I can kind of see why you wouldn't just be like, oh, forget about this religion. Mm-hmm. Because then you have black churches being recognized by the overall church um, and like actual churches of, I think there are six or seven main denominations. So it's like Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, Episcopal, Kojic, <laughs> um, yeah. and like two others. Did I say Lutheran? Yeah. <laughs> um, and after the first one, they start to pop up more. Right. And then once we get past the Civil War and stuff, you start to see stuff about the black church, the black mm-hmm. church, this, the black church, that. But also, while the black church is not monolithic, the black church did kind of reinforce black culture. Yeah, it did. It also was a source of like socioeconomic power. Mm-hmm. It also was our source of political power for a long time because like when you think about it a lot of the figures that we see from different movements came out of black churches literally martin luther king jesse jackson is a reverend you could say what you want about him but he is a reverend uh al sharpton like even now like there's so many like uh reverend warnock Mm -hmm. um yeah i get what you're saying (laughs) though like at my job, we put uh, TD Jakes in all of our surveys to see whether or not people um, think that he's a trusted messenger or not. So there are so many religious figures mm. um, or people who are super affiliated with the black church right. that are like the voices of our community. Yeah. And I, I definitely, you know, just looking throughout history, that's definitely the truth. Like we only kind of had that at one point to believe in, like you like you basically mentioned. Like, we only had that to look to or go to for 
guidance or leadership in our communities. And something else people don't really know is like post the Civil War, like I think that was one of the times where we had the most black representation within the United States government. And that only comes from the federal government making it a chore of theirs to protect us. Once I think that's the president at that time is Grant. Once he steps down, the Reconstruction era changes. And that's when you get the birth of like the Ku Klux Klan and all of these basically next generation slave catchers, so to speak, or people who are trying to inflict a will against black people because that protection was now lifted. And as you see after that, things kind of go right back downhill. No longer do we have that actual presence within government to make things change. We got to rely on the church again. Right. And now it's back to the pie in the sky type of mentality where Jesus is going to make things right. Get right with God, basically. But also it's like you see a lot of mutual aid come out of the church. So mm. a lot of churches are doing things for the homeless. Right. They're um, giving out meals for people who live in poverty. Yeah. Um, Jobs. They're hosting job fairs. They're doing things to help people get their GEDs. They're yeah. doing prison system. Um, what is it? Recidivism. Recidivism um, projects to make sure that black people aren't back in jail. They're doing educational things like um, the church that my great aunt was at gave out scholarships for kids. Yeah. Um, the churches are making sure that people are registered to vote, that they have um, the means to get to... Uh, their polling places to vote. So it's right. like, when you think about it, the church is doing a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that the government should be doing. Exactly. <laughs> stuff that shouldn't be coming out of our pocket, especially since we taxpaying citizens. So and, it's kind of tough to move forward in a world where like you are literally only able to depend on your people and there's people in power that we put there that just choose to not kind of like help out. And that I I can kind of see, like, even just making a wild connection, like, the only thing you can really believe in or rely on is your religion. Because these people who are supposed to be supporting you, helping you uplift your community that you put in power aren't doing that. And then you don't have the money or the resources to do it. But if you pull all your resources via tithes or donations to the church, the church can do it. And so I think that like even though we didn't necessarily find our answer like you can kind of still see like people might not be devoutly christian mm-hmm. but a lot of people who are in need are still going to church that's who they're relying on um like sometimes they might not even know that it's necessarily the church but they're going to churches to get these necessities exactly no yeah i definitely agree with that like it kind of go back to what we was pointing out earlier, which is that you might not be able to see directly that this comes from this or that, but it's here. And if you can see that it's here, all you got to do is peel back the curtains and see like, okay, that's where that stems from. Mm-hmm. This is all we kind of had at one right. point. So now people are going to go to that for their support, their community outreach, whatever they want to do, um, because that's the only thing they really know. And so, overall, the black church is deeply ingrained in black mm-hmm. culture, but also black livelihood. Yeah. Nah, yeah. You definitely own to something. I think that that's 
important to recognize and also celebrate to a degree. Like, I don't think I'll ever be like a devout Christian <laughs> or nothing like that, but I definitely see the importance of the church and why people definitely go to it. I do wonder how this will play out in the future mm-hmm. because there are a lot of like um, public opinion projects that have been done that show that like our generation and younger generations are becoming less religious. Gotcha. Um, and so if you have less people coming up in the church, like 50 years down the line, that's going to significantly change how mm-hmm. black culture looks. Yeah. And how mutual aid within black communities looks. But you, I feel like even during like the protest, the Black Lives Matter protest during COVID, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of mutual aid. Like, and this is from, like, I thought it was wild because you have celebrities who are making videos lip-singing to songs yeah. when they have the means to give to these things. And then you have millions of people who either are living paycheck to paycheck or they're middle class or lower class. Right. And they're giving five, ten dollars to different mutual aid things. To raise money to make sure And they're sure making things, things work. Yeah. And that's the wild part. It's like... Regular people were making things happen with a little bit of money. Literally. I had a, I had that conversation often. Like, if we really, as black people, wanted to see things change, it would, it would require us to move away from a certain set of beliefs and ideals that we kind of accepted and just try to blend. Right. Like I watch a lot of hip hop based podcasts and a, a big conversation that comes up. We kind of getting away from the religion thing, but I think it's important. A lot of what people try to do is marry capitalism with the quote unquote culture. And those things are like oil and vinegar. They're right. like water and oil. Like they're not meant to go together. You can't emulsify those things because... <laughs> One is one is built behind or as a result of the other. Right. Capitalism and racism go hand in hand. So if your whole existence in this country is built on racism and capitalism, why would you then turn to it to uplift the same culture that's birthed as a result of it? Right. That makes no sense. And I think that that's a major reason why we haven't really seen as much progress as could happen because there are people who accepted capitalism that haven't really given back in a way that will actually make a dent in our problems. Right. Mm. <laughs> Deep. <laughs> Literally, though, because I feel like there's been too many examples of this could be for another episode, but like, the I feel like I'm gonna get canceled for this. But <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> the the myth, the myth of black owned business. Yeah. Like we 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 are in such a hustle culture, such a get it by any means mentality that people will their whole marketing, their whole reason for business is to make money, but. The the front is we're black. I'm black I... by this sea moss. I'm black by these wigs, even though it's the same wigs that you could go get 
for three dollars i'm gonna charge you 700 then my customer service is not gonna be on point you're gonna get it in six months like and and now you just really are selling things because you're black not because you want to uplift other black people and there's countless products that have been developed allegedly for black people and as soon as the money come they sell out right. and then your hair start falling out <laughs> like <laughs> i can't i can't with you. so that that just makes me think like recently this girl um was trending on twitter but it was a tiktok and she was talking about the black owned restaurant scene in atlanta mm. and she basically was like they aren't in the business because they like making good food. They like they're chefs or they're foodies mm-hmm. or they have some new and cool idea. Right. It's no passion. As a black owned business. They're in it because they want to make money. It's a passion for money, not food. And that's the <laughs> biggest problem I have. Like, I'm not saying I won't buy your stuff because it's a black owned business. But all I'm saying is if you're going to market your stuff and your whole thing is built around, oh, this is a black-owned business, support a black-owned business. You need to be doing something for the black community. You need to be actually uplifting other black people. Like, so much, again, we trying to marry the culture, quote-unquote, with capitalism, and they're not meant to mix. You bring in white ideologies to a black community that our whole existence, our reason for even still being here, is our reliance on our community. So when you go outside of our community, after you've built up within our community, you're not doing a service to black people. You're actually hurting us more. You just put money in your pocket. How do we get away from that individualism? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all that's how we fix it. We need to start working as groups again. And that's probably why a lot of people need to get back in the church to bring it all back home. Go y'all ass to church. Really go feel <laughs> feel what it's like to be around other black people again. Like, I guess that that's the next thing. Like, where do we go from here? I don't necessarily think that people are going to turn to church more. They're not. Like they're going to be more devoutly Christian. And I think a lot of that is because younger people are becoming more open to other ideas. Yeah. So they're becoming more accepting of racial differences, mm-hmm. cultural differences, LGBTQ plus um, individuals. And so I, I think that for the most part, some people are like, how do you reconcile mm. a religion that is saying that those things are wrong when also the end of the Bible is preaching to love everybody? Yeah. So, so if you're a church... Isn't going to love and accept everybody. Why am I there? Exactly. Mm, and it's like there there are some churches that are moving towards that. Yeah. We're going to accept you as you are. Um, but I think about my sister who's gay and my great aunt who is great. She was great. She told her to pray the gay away. So it's like, <laughs> like wow. stuff like that. Oh my God. How do you reconcile? <laughs> Yeah, how do you reconcile that? Like, that's supposed to be not only, like, on a family aspect. Your family is, like, they accept you, but not fully. Right. And then this big community center figure also is kind of, like, hesitant of you. And then, like you said, so many of 
the people of our generation are living different lifestyles or are part of different groups that haven't historically been accepted by anybody but they own. Right. How do I now basically turn the other cheek and be like, I know y'all was saying all this wild shit about me, but I'm going to still come sit in here and, listen and to be subjected to it because it's still going to be people in there that's not accepting of me. So I think, you know, I would love to see or revisit this in like 30 years to see where the black church is and if it's still as impactful. But Right. And also, I feel like that, like dealing with the cultural differences, the mm-hmm. acceptance of LGBTQ plus people, but also the increase in awareness of mental health issues, because I feel like yeah. for so long, like black people and even within the church, they were like black people don't have. Yeah. Mental illness. Just pray. Just <laughs> just get on your knees, pray. God go fix everything. God and if when things get better, you give that glory to God. If things don't get better, you still give that glory to God because be that suffering is on purpose. God is giving you a fight, a challenge to see just how much you believe in him. And that's how we were taught growing up. I and so many people the, stress themselves out God trying to go gives through things. His, um, toughest warriors the toughest battles yeah and it's just like that that's, that's a wild shady, that's a shady thing to say to somebody <laughs> like i'm really going through it and you're like hold in there Man. god's giving you a test right now literally but you're tough and i know you're tough because this test is tough and like you, what you one bad moment away from it going all downhill right and people just want to continuously underestimate that and then it's like people will say stuff like that and then right like right now we're seeing this crisis of mental health within the black community but also increasing suicides within yeah. the black community and people are like what's happening what's happening and it's like you telling people <laughs> to go solve their own problems and get away from their community and we are here to help each other like that's right. literally all of human existence is built on our social skills also, I don't care about no money I don't care about no church it all has to do with how we behave as communities also, it's like we have created a whole job around mental health, even if it's not the perfect field. Yeah, it's like it's there. Somebody Literally. created it. Was like, oh yeah, we have these problems. Somebody should deal with them. Exactly, and it's also like I don't know. Everything kind of has a, a opposite, right? So if it's people out here that recognize that mental health is a thing, but they might not necessarily. Um, agree with the practices or the treatments of traditional psychology or psychiatry, you can always be the person that develops the alternative. I, okay, I keep talking about Twitter, but I recently saw a tweet by this man uh, who was saying that, like, modern practices in psychology and, like, um, counseling and, like, clinical sciences is based on, like, individualism and so like all of these practices that are made and created to deal with different mm, i feel like i know where you're mental going <laughs> mental health crises are based on the individual how do you solve your problems how mm-hmm. do you do this right and it's focused solely on the individual and he was saying that that's almost antithetical to like the black black community. existence right like we've been raised to rely on the community and then you go to 
counseling it's like you 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 yourself i know you you. saying your mama and them needs you but they grown (laughs) like (laughs) you just gotta do your own thing like don't worry about them and that's not how that's not in a perfect world that makes sense but that's not how our communities operate but also i feel like they're like sometimes sure that's needed but like i i got what he was coming from Mm. like i read that and i was like man yeah, it's a lot. It's Why? a lot of work we got to do in our communities. And I think that if it does have to start with like, oh, we changed our perspective on religion, where religion isn't necessarily something you completely rely on, but it's another aspect of your life that you can turn to to maybe aid in your development or your mental health things like you go there, you go to church for the community aspect, but you still do therapy. You still, if you need it, you might take medicine. Like, it should be something that is in aid of something and not the complete remedy. Also, something that I see a lot is that, like, when we think about the course of his, when we think about the course of history, religions change. They mm-hmm. pop up and then they die. Yeah. Like, cultures change. And so... A hundred years from now, we might be something else. Two hundred years from now, we might be something else. Literally. But they also, might wake like, up one day and be like, everything you know about Jesus is not true. And then people <laughs> might just be like, you know what? Yeah, I knew it was something up with dude ass this whole time. So and now, we something else. Caitlin is trying to get us canceled before we even make it to I'm five dead. episodes. These, if, <laughs> if we get canceled for these things I'm saying right now... <laughs> We just weren't supposed to be podcasters. I ain't said nothing crazy. Right. <laughs> nothing crazy yet. I feel like we living in a society where everybody has the same thoughts, but everybody's scared to say these things. And if what you're saying isn't necessarily, like, harming any particular person, you should be able to say it. Like, Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I agree fully with that because I feel like some people are dumb. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying you can go and say slurs. I'm not saying you can just walk up like you're doing on Twitter and disrespect people. I'm not saying that. Because there are a lot of people who have podcasts right now. They just be saying shit. Wow, shit. They and disrespect they they their read... guests. They disrespect people in the street that they don't know. They're not reading not nothing. How... Yeah. <laughs> they got podcasts. Yeah. And they were trying to talk about important subjects. Then none of that subject, just making up stuff. Literally. But that's, that's the world we live in where, like, everything is a hustle. So if... You can get on the internet, you can get on YouTube and be like, how do I become a politician? And it's motherfuckers out here that that's probably how they got into politics. Like, and these are, these are things that I feel like there are certain types of careers where you need to have background. You need to have experience. You, if you've never led people, if you've never studied politics, if you've never participated in local or state politics, you should not be able to qualify for an executive level position, period. Right. You wouldn't be able to just walk in Walmart and be like, hey, show me the C-suite. I'm going to be the CFO of Walmart. Have you ever worked here? <laughs> Do you have an understanding of our operations? Like, where's your resume? Like, we don't have, no- we don't know you. That's what, like, I- I've talked about this a lot because I study politics, that everybody shouldn't be a politician. And it's like, well, where's the baseline? And I do think that people who are involved in their community, they're community activists, they're volunteering, um, I don't know, doing mutual aid things. Like, Mm -hmm. those are the type of people that I would vote for. 
Like, I don't just need any Nancy Bill John right. coming out the woodworks to, to exactly. be doing politics. Like, they're making policies that affect our livelihood. Exactly. And this I is think... also way beside the point. We were way off topic. Nah, yeah, we went from wisely Christian, and now we talking about do you have the credentials to be who you want to be in life? If you don't, go get them. Don't exactly. just wake up and be like, I'm going to be a welder. And you go buy welding tools, and you ain't go to school for that. Don't do that. <laughs> like th- this is a this is a thing right now. Honestly, like it's a lot of people picking up careers because it looks lucrative, I'm not because there's passion there. I'm going to be that person that blames tech because I feel yeah. like before, like while there were a lot of people who were just running for office, like I feel like now there are people who are running for anything. Mm. So one day I wake up and. I'm studying to be a business person, and the next day, I'm a doctor. Literally. Giving medical advice on Twitter. I'm dead. I (laughs) tweeted about that. Uh, (laughs) I ain't going to name their names, but there was a certain case that just ended, and you will see a lot of people every week, their career career changes. They wear a new hat. Depending on what information, whether true or false, comes out, they are... Uh, uh, behavioral. Uh, what the fuck is that word? They forensic scientists. Yeah, forensic scientists. They, they detectives. They lawyers. They judge like, and jury. <laughs> you don't even know how the law work. Y'all are calling people snitches. Hey, I ain't. I'm. I'm not gonna say he didn't because he definitely <laughs> dry snitched. But the other dude, it was clear that he did what he did. I'm this not might saying end up they getting, names. This might end up getting cut. <laughs> hey, it's cool if it do, but. Still, y'all got to really make commitment to things. And I think, you know, bringing it all back home. If you're going to commit to God, you got to do it. Wait, but like, as I was saying, I blame tech Mm. because now it's like, oh, you can make 160K a year and you just got to take this 10 week course. Yeah. Or you just got to learn how to get this certificate. You're going to be rich. Do C. And people are so attracted to money and, like, hustle culture. Yeah. And I'm a grind now and die later. Like, you can die tomorrow from all that grinding. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, like, I, I'm definitely going to blame tech because I feel like that's what caused this. Oh, I can do anything in 10 weeks and become a new yeah, whatever. I got a new career. Three careers in a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, bro. <laughs> you need to commit to something. But... I think we're coming to the end of this podcast. we definitely getting away from what we started the episode about. <laughs> and that's cool. I think I want to leave it in because it just lets our personalities shine and show you who we are for the first episode. Right. And what you're going to be getting yourself into if you want to join our community, our podcast community, whatever you want to call this place. But we want it to feel like home for everybody. We want it to be somewhere where people that look like you, people that sound like you can speak in a way that you understand. Because we definitely understand as people who done been to school, we all watch the news, we all watch this stuff. And sometimes you just don't know what's going on. And I'm going to just say as a disclaimer, these opinions are our own. Exactly. These are our opinions. So don't go tweeting to my job or some right. dumb stuff. Or... <laughs> Or using these clips and being like, see, they said this. No, I'm not saying I'm an expert and it's definitely out of context. Like, you need to be really listening to what we're saying. But 
we definitely appreciate y'all for listening to our first episode. There's going to be many more to come. What you say? Do we have a question for them? A question for them? Oh, I mean, we can. I would say uh, we'll probably put the... um, If you have any questions or suggestions, whether that be topics or whatever production related with the podcast, we'll definitely put our email within the description. So if you're on YouTube, you could definitely get that easily. And we'll probably put it within the description on the episode for the other podcast services as well. So if there's anything that you suggest after our first episode, definitely share that. And again, we thank you for being here within our first episode. So bye. Bye. I'm dead. (laughs)